Hello and welcome to the Invincible Podcast Presents Creator Discussions. We're here with the creator of uh, Chroma and co-creator of Oblivion Song and newly released uh, Void Rivals. Uh, we're here with Lorenzo De Felici. Thank you for Hello, joining. Buddy. Thank you. How's it going? How, how are you doing? I'm fine. It's kind of hot here, but other than that, everything is good. We appreciate you coming on. We know we got like like three different time zones here. Wyatt, it's like <laughs> 9 a.m. in the morning over in <laughs> yep. California. Here Yum in Buffalo, coffee. here in Buffalo, it's like noon, and and in Italy over there, I think it's like 6 p.m. Right? Ish. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So we appreciate awesome. you making the time to. Uh, we're glad that we could all kind of make this work. So we're stoked to have. And you I was on. so. I'm so excited for Wyatt. You get to meet Lorenzo, and after so long of talking about Chroma on Chromacast, yeah. and and so it's great to introduce you guys, and yeah, for hopefully sure. we get to, yeah. So I want to kick it off with a question right off the get. Um, we've we've obviously done you know the Oblivion Song podcast. We did Chromacast. Um, so we did these podcasts about stories that we were really excited about. Um, but through it all, we've been the Invincible Podcast. It's a show that we started like, geez, over seven years ago at this point, I think. Um, and through the Invincible Podcast, we started that because we wanted to dive into comics that we were really passionate about on a very like focused uh, level and talk about it with our friends, uh, especially in an area where there wasn't that hyper focus, a place for readers of a certain comic book to go and have those conversations with other people. Um, so before we get into some of your other work, what did you think of uh, Invincible? Did you have you gotten a chance to read it or check out the animated series? Yeah, both. Um, I've always been very fond of Invincible because I I grew up um, reading superhero comics, mainly Spider-Man, and so you know after a while you kind of grow out of those kind of comics because, or at least I did a little bit because I kind of. It kind of felt um, that it was reiterating some some themes, and it's, it was trying to not change that much while I was changing as a as a as a young boy. And so, after a while, you kind of detach from those comics in a way, or at least a part of it detaches. And in, in Invincible, I found that that part of me that was kind of lost after. You know, leaving behind those comics, uh, I kind of found that again. I, I found that the the joy of reading adventures where I didn't know what what was going to happen, I could relate to the characters. The themes were a bit more adult and more engaging, and so it was really, you know, for me a return to that kind of uh, comfort zone that I lost in, in, in time while, while I was growing and, and going uh, through stuff uh, yeah. in my life. So Invincible has always been that, the, the, the freedom that, that those kind of comics and those kind of stories kind of gave to me, I found that again in, in Invincible. And then with the, the series, I was like, you know, I know that Robert always cares a lot about every everything that, that you know sprouts out of his mind in any kind of shape or form. But even then, I was kind of blown away by the by the series. I was so so happy, and even more than being happy for the series being so cool, I was incredibly happy 
the reception of the series itself because I felt yeah. like yeah now now you are getting what what I was getting before you all are you know passionate to the same things that I really cared about and that is even in some way more entertaining than the series itself for me and and I think for us to, is this to gather all the enthusiasm that grew out of the series itself that's a really yeah, good it really was it really like, was you, like two levels to it between like the excitement of the actual show coming out and then being able to like wrap our heads around the, like you say, the reception, it blew up and we were not, mm -hmm. I mean, as much as we love that show and uh, series, we never would have expected that kind of reception. Something we yeah. always hoped for, but. Yeah, it's yeah. frustrating when something so good falls on deaf ears, you know what I mean? It doesn't have yes. like the audience that you want it to have. So the fact that even people now are still begging for season two they're like what the fuck like let's yeah, let's yeah. go you know what i mean so that's that's i never even really thought about that lorenzo like it that was such a good feeling like yes my mom yeah. like i yes I, my <laughs> yeah. dad yes thank you for <laughs> loving this thing yeah, so yeah and i think it was even I, more so even more so that like kind of sunk in because of how long that like the walking dead was so successful because of the show and there was yeah. for years of you know fans of invincible just feeling like Man, you go to any store and there's Walking Dead merch on the shelves and you, you know, yeah. know that Kirkman has this other great book that's so special and that you want other people to know about to see that finally land with people. You're right. Was like almost in a way better than even watching the show. It was so cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I, I have to say, guys, like last year, uh, Robert came to, to my hometown here in, in, in Italy and spent some days here. And I had the chance to see some animatic for season two on his okay. phone. <laughs> show us, show us. Yeah, no, I, I don't have them. I just <laughs> them from his cell phone. Ryan, stop recording. We got to talk about something really quick. <laughs> you don't. If, if you like the first, I, I feel like I'm, you know, a, a working advertisement. But yeah, like the if you like this, the the first season. This second one is, is completely I think, insane. I think what the first season has proven to us that we don't need to worry about anything going forward when it comes to the show. Like, we know that they know exactly what is needed and, and, and to stay true to the comics and still make it kind of new. So, um, yeah, we cannot wait for the second season. Um, yeah. Our main topic for the show uh, will be Void Rivals, with that being the new thing. However... We do want to go over, uh, like Ryan said, some of the other things. The last time we talked to you was right before the last issue of Oblivion Song came out. And uh, that's still available if anybody wants to check out check that out when we talked to Lorenzo last on the Oblivion Song podcast. Uh, but we haven't been able to talk about the last issue with you or just like the series as a completed whole. Um, I think I speak for all of us when we say we loved the last issue. The way it opened up was incredible. Um, mm. So a question that we have here is like, what was it like drawing characters um, at all different ages? Because there's stages of like how seeing they, them grow up. They looked so spot on. Like you would see like yeah. this like 13 year old Nathan or whatever, and it looked like Nathan, you know, mm. or like uh, Ed working in the restaurant or something like, like a bit younger, putting Nathan through college. It was like that's that's him. Like they so these good. they mm. you captured their likenesses so well at various ages, which seems really difficult. <laughs> I I can't speak for that because I I just tried to do the most uh, obvious thing that I could. So I kind of 
shaped their heads and their bodies in a different way, but I kept the ratio between, you know, the eyes and the ears and the nose. More that sounds the same. That sounds like the opposite of simple. <laughs> no, I mean it's the, most... the simplest thing ever. <laughs> I got it. I got it. <laughs> I I use AI, AI. You know, I use uh, AI <laughs> software. No. Uh, it's, it's funny because uh, in the beginning of the, so Oblivion song for me was like five years or something like that. It was a long, and five years without any kind of break in between. So it was really, um, uh, it's really, you know, a huge part of my life, a huge chunk of my life, and for sure, a huge and very important chunk of my career. If you take the first issue and the last issue, you could see, what is for me an evolution style-wise, and one of the funniest things is that in the beginning I was I felt more insecure because I was used to color my own stuff. I was used to color my own drawings, so I tried to. In the beginning, I was trying to compensate the absence of color with more lines and more like uh, you know cross hatching and things like that. But I was. Listening to some reviews, I was watching, uh, reading some reviews around, and everybody was saying that uh, I was adding too many lines on people's faces, and everybody looked old and, and weathered and weird. And so I, I was, yeah, maybe maybe that's a problem. Maybe I should kind of, you know, adjust a little bit. And so I had, it was like this slow uh, de-aging process. Uh, in in for the characters for me because I start you know uh, taking away some of the lines that I put on them and then on the last issue it was like the extreme <laughs> of that you know that's amazing that, like to... that you you say that the entire series you were slowly de-aging them and working on your faces almost as though like Robert knew like hey final issue here's the final test now you're going to draw the same characters throughout and you're going to literally age them yeah. like that's that's so that's so cool i love that yeah yeah no but um, i mean it, it was it was heartbreaking to draw the last issue and i tried to you know when i was w drawing uh, the panels i was like okay is this the last time that i'm going to to draw heather is this the last time that I'm going to draw Duncan and Bridget? I, I was trying to, you know, realize that while I was working, not after that, like not, oh my God, that was the last time. Yesterday I drew yeah. Bridget for the last time. I was trying to be aware of that, but even even then it was kind of, you know, kind of sad for me in a way. But at the same time, it was the best send-off for me because I loved the way that, it all ended, and I love the message and the at the end of everything. I love the kind of bittersweet feeling that you got in the end because it's a it's a sweet ending, yeah. but you kind of know that it's not about us. Like it's like the best case scenario in a way for some for some things in a, in a, an imaginary world where in our world, things are not going that direction unless mm -hmm. somebody opens up some kind of transference with another dimension. <laughs> so, yeah. who knows? But, yeah, I mean, it, it was very rewarding and sad at the same time. Yeah, it came together so well. Yeah. 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 It did.
I uh, I actually had the I, I was thinking about asking uh, whether or not we would get a, a collection, and then like uh, like literally like two days ago, uh, I saw that the FOC happened for the Oblivion Song Compendium, which yeah. I didn't know about. All of a sudden, it's like, oh shoot, this is coming out. So I guess that answer is that like there is an Oblivion Song collection, which is the complete uh, story, which is super cool. Um, but uh, yeah, that's. That's uh, just putting that out there for anyone that hasn't read it yet. Please check out Oblivion Song, and the the compendium is a neat way to. I mean, you got to redraw. I mean, that's a new cover, right? Yeah, that that I was I was about to say that that it was weird for me to go back. I mean, it's 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 been one year and a half or so. I don't yeah. I don't remember something like that. But it's been weird for me to 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 draw Nathan again uh, and to you know. To meet him again, it was it's, it's so weird, guys. I can't mm -hmm. it's weird. <laughs> I can't explain it, but it's so weird to to draw characters in a way. Yeah. One yeah. question that just kind of popped into my mind. I don't know if you can say anything, but yeah. can you can you tell us if the Oblivion Song movie with Jake Gyllenhaal is still like a thing? Is it still? It hasn't been like canceled or anything like that, or no, no, it's That's not good. been canceled and. I had some, you know, signs of life about that. Sweet. I can I speak about those. You but, can. Uh, you can. No, no, I can. I can. <laughs> no, I can. I really can. But uh, I, you know, things are moving very slowly. But they're moving. You know, yeah, they're moving. They're moving. Awesome. Something is happening. Man, if you haven't read Oblivion Song, definitely read it before uh, the movie starts getting announced. It's so worth it. It's so good. So before we get into Void Rivals, obviously we have to delve deeply into Chroma. Um, I mean, that was, you could tell it was a labor of love for you. Like not only did you, you know, handle the art, but you also wrote everything. Um, so let's let's dig into that. Um, Brian, did you want to want to kick us off? Well, geez, what was it like? I mean, you taking on this project where you're doing everything. I mean, you didn't letter it, right? No, no, no. Russ Hutton did. Russ, Russ lettered it. Awesome. Of course, of course he did. Of course, Russ lettered <laughs> um, <laughs> But man, what is it? what was it going like? What did you learn and how did you tackle that from the get-go? Like, I'm like writing this story, like what came first between having the idea for the story versus creating the art and the idea for these characters? Like, was it more of a, a conceptual thing from the drawing phase or from the idea phase first and kind of the, the origin of that? So um, it was weird because I never did anything like that before, but while I was doing that, uh, I felt that, you know, some, some parts of the knowledge that they needed to do that kind of started coming out of me and I didn't even know like I started doing it and after a while I started understanding you know every time that that you, you hear somebody saying that oh yeah the uh, the characters will start speaking by themselves and you know once the, the pieces comes together you you can understand how everything works which are just you know sentences and things that you hear but while i was working on chroma they kind of made sense for the first time i was like yeah they that's kind of what happens 
uh, it was at the, at um, at first it was very conceptual. Like I had the idea in the beginning. I had the idea for so everything everything started from uh, a weird idea that I had like while I was working on my first comic, and it was like I had the idea for this guy, this like this weird kid, uh, like a, a teenager or just above a teenager that had the uh, responsibility to impregnate a bunch of weird tribes and populations of fantasy, of the fantasy variety, so weird stuff. But it, it was like a young adult kind of idea, so it, it wasn't, you know, anything dirty, horny or anything. Mm -hmm. But it was this guy going around in these weird populations, weird, you know, tribes around the world. And he had this, like, he had a long family of this tradition of being the one that was, it was the only one that knew about these populations. They were so weird. And one of them was a population of, of people that, that lived in black and white. And I, I had the idea for these, these weird monsters. And after a while, the whole idea kind of you know, went away. I was like, no, maybe it's not something that I should do or write or, or draw. And I had, but I had this, this, you know, this kernel of, of an idea of this, this black and white stuff. And I had the, the lizards mm -hmm. or the monsters. And from then, from that, I kind of said, okay, that, that's something that I'd never heard before. And I could use it to talk about colorists. I was already working as a colorist. So I could use it as a something, uh, you know, to, to talk about this thing and all the, 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 the power that colors has and things like that. And so the, then the Chroma character uh, kind of came out of this idea, and I love did, stories. Did, yeah, is this after a Blind song, or is this? Oh, no, no. Yeah, that before. was before. Yeah, yeah, before. Yeah. Uh, so you had this idea for a while, like this was brewing. I had, yeah, I had this idea for a while, and before a Blind song, I was trying to pitch it to the French market, but uh, I couldn't get any kind of interest from the yeah. French market, and. Um, and and the story was kind of more vague and different. The tone was uh, lighter, was you know funnier with weird weird characters. Instead of that, you had this weird anthropomorphic mole. So completely, yeah, completely different. <laughs> instead of and, that, so that that, that was yeah, a yeah, because yeah because my my idea from the beginning was that uh, I wanted. To, Chroma to have this kind of long trip, this long, you know, voyage uh, until the end, and I needed somebody to to you know to talk with her throughout this this the voyage trip, and I came out with this weird character, and then Zed came out uh, of the of the mix, and I, I was like, yeah, maybe maybe that is kind of better than a giant mole. <laughs> and, but then, I mean, a lot of stuff happened, and even my kind of intentions shifted a little bit. 
meaning that I wasn't uh, trying anymore to have a comic, uh, just an entertaining comic, which was the my initial idea, or something about color. But I was like, okay, you know what? If I have an audience, I would like to say something meaningful for me. Yeah. It's, it's something that I developed in time. It's some kind of sense of responsibility, you know, that, you know, I, I grew, up, grew up reading Spider-Man and that kind of is ingrained in my head, that kind of sense of you have, you have the ability to do something and that is inherently a responsibility that you have towards other people because it's, it's you, you can do that and maybe other people cannot or maybe they can do it but they will do it in a different way or something like that so for me it's like every time that i that i draw anything or i, I write anything i never i try to never stop at just superficial entertainment i always try mm -hmm. to say something useful or at least that i think it's useful and because i don't know i feel more energized while i do it mm -hmm. while i while i yeah. because it, it requires an incredible amount of energy and, and dedication and everything so if you don't have something to work towards that you really care about uh i mean i feel you you will, will work differently. It will work maybe in a less inspired way or something like that. Was so, was so, Chroma was Chroma like your first like big writing thing that you've yes. done? That's it. So excuse me for like excuse me for like one second while I just gush everything out that I've been saying during Chromacast. But that's insane to me because the 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 world that you built was so ridiculously unique and unlike anything I've ever read or watched on TV or in movies. It was just very much its own thing. Plus, you have the emotional stuff in there. The characters were great. Like, it was smart with all the colors and, like, the eyes of the lizards. Like, uh, uh, chromodiles, by the way. We coined it as yeah. chromodiles, so that's what that is. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but it was just so ridiculously smart, and it's insane to me that this is your first, like, main writing thing that you've done and it was as unique and as good as it was so let me just uh get that out of the way <laughs> thank you yeah thank you you're making you're making you're making it so difficult for me to write anything else <laughs> now i have set you have set my standards so high no yeah but uh i don't know like uh, speaking about those the things that writers says that writers say like when you have, you know, the pieces coming together, in a way, the, the thing about the chromodials with the eyes, it wasn't something that I, that I like, I started thinking from the beginning, like it, the, the thing with the eye and the way they can communicate and we will keep it a little bit vague just to, just if, if everybody, anybody listening didn't, didn't read it. Um, that that's something that kind of came up while I was uh, writing it. Like yeah. I was like, okay, so how could they communicate? How the, and then yeah, yeah like those things kind of came together, and I was like, yeah, okay, that works. That's like you know something <laughs> that I wasn't planning from the beginning, but 
came naturally. So that's when you know the pieces fit together and you don't even know about those things. Just like the dialogues. The dialogues, I never, I never, you know, uh, I never wrote any kind of dialogue that, or for, for a story that long. And so I was afraid that um, the dialogue would come out result like, you know, uh, either uh, bland or rhetorical or to, you know, a, a tearjerker or something like that. And I tried with all my might to stay away from that and be as natural as I could. Like I was yeah. saying the sentences in my head and you know, I, I I hate when I read or I see in a movie and there is people speaking and I can't believe they're saying what they're saying because that's not something that anybody would say. Mm -hmm. So I would, I tried uh, as much as I could to stay away from those things, but it didn't take much effort. It, it was just, you know, the right mindset to to get in before working on the, on the dialogues. So yeah. yeah. I don't know. It, it was very natural. Would you say that uh, most of the dialogue was written after you drew the page, or did you write dialogue before you drew the page, or did it kind no, of vary? So my, my my process was kind of all over the place because I wrote, um, and by wrote I I mean like a, a synopsis of every yep. issue for the first three issues. And then I thumbnailed every issue, meaning that I yeah. drew the pages like this, this big, so that I had uh, more or less, uh, you know, an idea of like the storyboarding. Flow. Yeah, yeah, basically storyboarded uh, the the three issues, and and after that, while I was storyboarding them, I was I was writing dialogues on a on a text uh, document on the side, and then I. I went from that to the layouts, which are basically my pencils. And on the layouts, I refined everything. I refined the the you know the direction, the, the setting, the camera angles, and the, the dialogues themselves. And then, because I needed them to read it, I'm not, I can't, I can't like write just like a screenwriter and have the page just in text and, and and see it and understand it yeah i need to have it like storyboarded basically yeah. and but then in the end the dialogues were something that i um kept um you know going over while i was drawing and when I, while i was uh, coloring even so sometimes some of the dialogues i wrote at the very end like while i was almost you know uh, uploading the, the the documents on the <laughs> FTP for yeah. Skyban, I was like, wait, wait, <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That, that I don't know. Like it's 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 been weird because uh, in a way it's beautiful because you have more freedom and the ability to change things um, until the end. But at the same time, you also have the uh, you don't know when to stop. You know, like, yeah. I could be refining dialogues for years, 
Mm-hmm. But then yeah. at one point you, you need to send them away. Just let it go. Yeah. yeah. Let it be what it's going to be. Oh, it's going to mm-hmm. be tough. That, you know, you being an illustrator mainly, and I say mainly because that's kind of your forte, right? But I think obviously after Chroma, we're very confident that like you're excellent at that kind of storytelling and writing and dialogue. It reminds me of, so Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters, um, he was obviously a drummer in Nirvana, right? And then when he started playing guitar, he was being critiqued for playing weird, for writing weird riffs. And he was like, I'm writing like a drummer. Like I write with a drummer's mind. And obviously he's wildly successful. I love his songs. Like, and you can tell that there's a difference in like tone with their songs. And I think what I'm trying to say is that you can tell that there's a special, like something is special about Chroma. You know what I mean? And it's coming from someone who doesn't like, write dialogue normally this is the first time that you did it and i think it was wildly successful um i don't know if you've you've listened to a lot of the podcasts or not i know actually one time you retweeted like a quote i think that ryan did um (laughs) but do you think with what you've listened to if you listen to it like did we dig too deep did we turn over (laughs) that that you didn't know or even under there like were you like oh did i write that like is that what I did. <laughs> no. I would say that that you didn't dig deep enough. <laughs> oh no! No, no, no! podcast part. Let's do it. I'm game. No, no actually, actually, um, I love the the podcast because it was the only way that I had the opportunity to listen to how anybody outside of me. Uh, would you know uh, read whatever I was writing because I read a, a bunch of reviews. Of course, in the beginning I was very anxious to see how everything was received because you know I knew that uh, that Robert um, read it and editors, of course, read it and everything. And yeah. but and you know my 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 family read it and my girlfriend read it and everything. But I didn't know if you know. Outside of that, which is, of course, people that loves you, hopefully, and I kind of want to be kind to you, I didn't know how people react to that. It was my first thing, the first thing that I wrote, so who knew? And a lot of reviews, the, the first issue particularly, was very well received, and I, I read a lot of good reviews. But... Um, you know, any kind of review, written review, or even, you know, video review, uh, they didn't go very deep. Uh, and, and, I, and I did. Like, when I, when I wrote uh, Chroma, I really thought about a lot of details and a lot of stuff. And I, and I was, the whole, the whole comic is a long, you know, I am, I'm kind of, you know, uh, I spoke, I speak a lot. So whenever I try to explain something, I start from very far away and then eventually I get to my point, which is very frustrating. Yeah, but it's very frustrating for a lot of people. So for me, Chroma is like, I wanted to give you the last couple of pages and the whole rest of of Chroma is like a long way to get to those, trying to, to, yeah, leading to it and trying to get everybody everybody on board on what I was trying to say because of course yeah. it's it's a very personal idea and it's a very personal principle that I really you know believe in 
and live by. But of course, when you just say this, the last two pages, not everybody will be on board because, you know, yeah, yeah, demo stuff, yeah, you know, the metaphor, yeah, yeah. But when you start from from that far and get to the point in the end, I feel that, you know, you want people to to stay on board for the whole ride. And and yeah. the, and, and the podcast was was just that. Like I was seeing you getting hooked in the in the beginning and following yeah. the ride with me <laughs> in a way and 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 then getting to the end. And I think that you touched on let's say 85% what I was saying. Wow. Uh, meaning that you, you got what I was saying, which is, I mean, it, it wasn't like such a complicated yeah. kind of message, but in the, in, in the end, I liked that you felt the impact of what I was trying to oh, yeah. say, you know? Yeah. Honestly, it's that definitely gets me one a, of those. I'm sorry, I was just saying, like, it, that kind of gets sorry. me more excited for the future of rereading Chroma, knowing that there's still like 15% in there, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, well, I was just going to say, like, his B. he wants an A+, so you need 100% <laughs> on there. So. It, it really is something that really rewards rereading, knowing, having that yes. knowledge of those breadcrumbs of where you put things and what they mean again. Like, I revisited uh, uh, just a, a quick, in a quick form, format um, before talking with you today, and um, and picking up on things, even on that revisit, I was like, oh, that's right. That is the thing with the mother. Wait, where did we get the resolution with the mother? Right there. That's right. That never came back, but it came back right there. And that's all that we really needed. And being able to see the whole thing like holistically and look at all the different pieces and where you put them and why was really great. Like I, I mentioned this before we started, but doing this podcast and doing the Chromacast was really unlike anything else we've done with whether it's the Invincible podcast or even Oblivion song, because it's a larger format comic, first of all. So reading it was one experience where you sit down and you take in this whole thing and you're taking in this world and these characters and the story and the mysteries and you're trying to solve it as you're reading it. And then we come in here and we sit down and we talk to each other and it's like we just opened it up so much deeper. Like there are so many times during the podcast where we'd be talking and we'd be like, okay, yeah, yeah. And then this scene and then Wyatt would go into something about like, the meaning behind it and it's like or bill would mention like the trauma that that this is reflecting it's like oh my god you guys are right like i was just looking at this thing is how crazy it was that they put her in this monster you know shell and you know treated her this way and then it's like oh my god like what is actually being told here and what this means and where it goes we really got to dive deep it was almost an experience in and of itself talking about it um it was and so like that was really really great so like what you're talking about like how there how there's layers to it and how i can see how uh, a, a a casual review of the comic might be after that first read after that you know like that we all did um you know you feel one way but man it, it's it's so rewarding to dive deep and i don't know if i don't think every comic does that and I, i'm sure it doesn't but you yeah. know what i mean like there was something special about that and that was really really awesome because there was a lot there man I think that the, this, the shorter format kind of helped me because I, I can't even wrap my hand, head around how some writers can do such a thing, but in a, you know, like in a huge comic with a, in a longer format. So, you know, uh, giving you crumbs of, of something that they will then pick up like 50 <laughs> issues later. I, I, I don't know. Like, I absolutely have no idea. Like, I needed 
chroma to be shorter because I needed to have everything under my control more or less. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. I could, you know. But even then, it's 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 strange. It's difficult. Like a lot of the dialogue was, I rewrote it uh, in the end because I wasn't like I remember that in in the beginning when I was um, thumbnailing everything, uh, chroma had a more like more like a. Um, uh, normal girl kind of voice, you know, she mm. talked like a normal girl, she she was kind of fired up about uh, things and, and things like that. But then, while I was writing it, I was like, wait, this, this, is, this doesn't sound right because she wouldn't be like such a, a person like that. So I, I, I went on and I read a bunch of very depressing books about you know you small, can tell you no, can, no, 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 about oh. small, small girls that were abducted when they were like five until they were 40 or something yeah so like nightmarish stuff Jeez. and i got the idea of like yeah like that's that's the kind of mind that would come out of something like that and i i, I don't think i you know pounded that hard that feeling of nightmare on everything, but uh, at the same time, uh, I feel I was trying to bring the most honest kind of, of you know, most real-like, more or less, kind of approach to the characters. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, at least I, I, I tried something like that. Yeah. Yeah, from, right. so, like, we could gush and gush and gush about Chroma, <laughs> yeah. and there's like I I want to go back now, but you know I think we're ready to talk about Void Rivals, and I think Wyatt, since wait, you wait. made that, oh oh go oh, go, go ahead go ahead go ahead Bill go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say since <laughs> since since you made that incredible theme song and and opening <laughs> um, to the review, why don't you kick off the, uh, the Void Rivals section? Sure. I was gonna yeah. say let's move into our main topic. So uh, moving into Void Rivals, um, can you talk a little bit about just like what was the initial pitch for that when when I assume Robert first kind of approached you to pitch the series to you to tell you kind of what it was? Was it always did he did you know, like right from the jump about it being this kind of shared universe or talk to us a little bit about what that those first initial meetings with Robert were like about Void Rivals? Uh, yeah, so the, the very first time that I heard about it, it wasn't about Void Rivals per se, but it was about um, Transformers. So I, I think they were pitch, pitching the whole idea uh, to Asbro. And so they asked me to do a couple of covers, like weird covers. One with just the Transformers and one with Void Rivals with, the, with you know, the guys, but without telling me anything about the, he just said to me, yeah, do a couple of aliens in weird armors that are approaching like a sky fire that it's just there in, in a very weird uh, alien environment. And I don't know if those covers will see the, the light of day anytime soon, <laughs> but 
I mean, that one was very weird and doesn't make any sense now. But the one with the Transformers, I was like, oh my God, like, I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a very huge fan of Transformers. And so I wasn't fueled by my passion or even my nostalgia for them. And so the, the to having to draw like these huge blocks of, of robots and, and it was kind of, oh my God, uh, let's hope that I don't, I won't have to do that for the whole, for a whole comic because <laughs> it's yeah. a nightmare. Like I, yeah. I was trying to get the, the 3D effect on everything, but it's really, really difficult to draw something like that without it being stiff or boring or, you know, lifeless. It's very, yeah. very tricky. And I think that Daniel is the best guy for that. Like, no, there is no, no challenge there. So uh, I did those and then eventually Agro was, yeah, okay. And so uh, Robert came to me while I was uh, doing Chroma, I think. Yeah, it was during Chroma. And it was like, so I have this thing and it was very, very cool because the idea <laughs> from the beginning was that it was like a surprise comic or something, which yeah. is something that, oh my God, like it's so such a cool idea, and I, I like I, I love these ideas that Robert has. Like every time is that weird stuff. Like when he published Die 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 without saying anything to anybody, or uh, Oblivion Song with with announcing it like one year before or something like that. Every time yeah. he finds a different way to experiment, you know. And yeah. this kind of experiment is something that really touched me deeply because I long for the day, I, I know I, would, I will sound old, but I long for the days where you had real surprises and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like now you, you, we are so connected with everything that you can't be, you know, uh, wowed anymore about anything because you know everything in advance and yeah. everything, you, you cannot prepare for everything and you you are you you are able to switch to this to this cynic and sarcastic mode on anything because you are not ever happy about a surprise anymore like that's how i feel about entertainment of course not private life because i mean uh, that's a different topic but uh, <laughs> like something like that was really excited me i was like man this is awesome like this is something that i really want to be uh, a part of and you know in a way like mm, jumping slightly back on chroma like i like surprises and it kind of shows in chroma like i try to give surprises constantly because i want yeah. to mm, for the reader to be engaged and to feel that sense of accomplishment when he understands something you know uh, like a, like an enigma or uh, for me, for me, comics are just like a, a very complicated crossword puzzle where you need to, to you know, work with the author to get to something in the end, to a final result. And, and that kind of, that element in Void Rivals was the, the thing that really won me over. And I, and I say that feeling very spoiled because, I mean, mm -hmm. when Robert... Kirkman comes to you, to you and says, oh, do you want to say something? You should say yes. <laughs> and that's it. 
but that that thing i was i was so exhausted while i was doing Mine. i'm still exhausted now but i was even more exhausted then because i didn't take any kind of break between oblivion song and chroma so i was like completely you know um and and so i was like maybe i would need a little bit of a break because otherwise but then he came out with this idea and i was like yeah there goes my my break (laughs) and so but and then robert was kind enough to kind of push the project a little bit so that i could have like a little bit of a break in between chroma and what rivals and and then we i started doing the the character design for the port rivals and another thing that i really i found out i was really happy about was to feel that yeah we were uh, you know introducing this new universe but at the same time we were doing it with our uh, characters with robert's characters with with dara casolila right. which they they feel our character like they feel robert's and mine like in the same way where um, like nathan and, and heather and and, and the cool felt so i mean <laughs> we we were there and we were almost like being like this weird uh, uh you know um, flies going around this new universe and showing stuff here and there and that that's something that is really exciting also because i have the opportunity to uh, to show in every every issue there is something completely different and completely weird that I mostly didn't know because I didn't I didn't I didn't see the, the Transformers uh, show or movie when I was younger. So yeah. a lot of stuff is completely new to me, and I have to go, you know, searching for references <laughs> in this weird world. And <laughs> speaking of characters design and references. Uh, I had a question. So they yeah. released. Uh, we don't know. We've we've read the first issue of um, you know Void Rivals. We haven't read beyond that. But they did release the cover for issue four of Void Rivals, mm-hmm. and it looks very familiar. It's it looks like I just sent it to you guys. We can bring it up on the screen. So <laughs> it looks like oh, yeah. like the grand <laughs> Kier, it looks like the grand Kirag or like the great uh, Gakal like sitting on the throne. Was that a callback? Was that meant to be kind of a callback, or is that just? It, no, it's probably my my lack of creativity. That <laughs> 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 no, but the thing is uh, because in this in this this time uh, Robert called the the covers, so yeah. Robert told me. Uh, so I was thinking about this and this and this. Because now, like the, the deadlines are a little bit different, so he knows in advance everything that is going to happen, and so he kind of gives me suggestions for the covers. And for the cover for number four, issue number four, it was like, yeah, now we see the guy there uh, is like the emperor or something in the, in the throne room, and I was like, hmm. throne room. So <laughs> I kind of heard that before. So yeah. <laughs> actually, I was in the in the in the in the first sketches. It was even closer to that, and then you know, I was like, "Hey, well, wait a minute! I need to step back a little bit." And so um, you know, I tried to step away from that, but uh, something was left of the Grand Kurag in that kind of 
if you want to see it as a as a you know a callback, uh, do it. I don't know. <laughs> I will. I think I'm gonna. It's very <laughs> intentional on my yeah. part. Do you have like a like just like a folder filled with unused concept arts that you can like use in, or is or do you just like wipe a clean slate, go in with a? No, no, no. It's not that I that I wipe a clean slate. Is that Another thing, another wonderful thing that I discovered in um, in comics, in, in American comics most of all, is that you use everything. It's just, you know, it's just the pig at the farm. You don't throw away <laughs> anything, nothing. And it was, it's always fun because I, I listened to a Mike Minola interview some time ago and he talks about his time while I was, he was working on Atlantis in the Disney studios. He, he oh, yeah. did some of the uh, concepts or kind of, you know, the exploration concept art for the movie. And I he was, that movie. yeah. Underrated, by the way, go watch Atlantis. Stop what you're doing. <laughs> so go good. watch it. So good. Um, <laughs> Continue. No, and, and then um, he was like already a great comic artist with a lot of experience. And, and when they called him for, um, for that assignment, they locked him up in, a, like in some kind of office and he said to him, okay, now come up with anything. And he started drawing and he came up with a lot of cool stuff. And they, he brought uh, those, this stuff to, to the guys and they were like, oh my God, that's awesome. That's beautiful. We will use that. And they were pinning everything on the wall. And then he said, okay, so it's over. I, I read it. No, no, no. Now go back to the office and, and keep doing that <laughs> for days and weeks. And it was like, why? Like, what am I doing? Like, are, are you going to use everything? Like, he was so used to go like, okay, this is the, ah, okay, this is going to be printed in the comic almost first try because you know that that's the way that the comics uh, work most of the time because you don't have time to stay there and build really complicated things and concepts about stuff that said for void rivals we struggled a little bit for for Tarak and, and solila because uh, in the beginning i i didn't get perfectly the the concept Robert was going for, and so I had them more alien, and then oh. with slightly different proportions and uh, slightly more robotic. So it was kind of a back and forth for a while, but then in the end uh, we went for it. And I think that you know, if there is going to be some kind of a compendium or cool edition. Uh, we will include all this kind of exploration yeah. in that because it's it's it's, uh, it's gone has gone uh, on for a while and it's 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 really cool. Yeah. yeah. I think I think the designs that you landed on for them are so good and the, I've said this when we recorded talking about the issue but it feels like a it feels like a, a vintage sci-fi almost like it feels like it could exist in the 80s with the jacket and the the helmet and everything. Uh, that was one of our, our question that I was thinking of too, is that this is in a way has a lot of different elements than Oblivion Song and Chroma, where it is more like spaceships and, you know, space, you know, spacesuit helmets and all of that was the designing of those characters kind of more challenging this time around than it was maybe on Oblivion Song or Chroma, or did you find it to be just kind of the same process or? 
Mm, no, actually, in Oblivion Song, it was... Um, so here, the whole thing was more concept-driven because I knew that I had to have this, these two kind of, you know, uh, tribes or races or whatever you want to call them. And they needed to be uh, against each other, but at the same time, similar or, you know, uh, how do you call, how do you say that, uh, complementary, okay? Yeah. So I was like, okay, so let me think about shapes, for example. And I was like, okay, so he's going to be round. So everything about his design is round and his character is softer in a way, is, is more easygoing and, you know, uh, funny and everything. Mm-hmm. While she and and he's he has like warm colors, for example, so he has jacket, a, you know, softer jacket, like, yeah. yeah, exactly. And her, uh, I wanted to go in the opposite direction, so she's very angular. So her uh, head is more angular. Everything up on her is more uh, like triangle shaped. Even the the pouches that she has around. Her, hmm. her her waist are triangular, so I will. And he, she's colder, so she's very, you know, green, blue, and things like that. And w- as I got this kind of initial mm, distinction between the two, everything was way easier in a way because I wasn't starting from nothing from the mm-hmm. alien concept uh, at all. I was just more, you know. Uh, I had a, a direction in a way, yeah. and the same thing happens w- whenever you have to. Uh, I have to draw some kind of, you know, uh, a character. I always try to start from the the, the, the character itself, their uh, their peculiarities, the way they act, and their role in the story, and I try to move from there. So in a way. The, the most problematic characters, the most problematic concepts are the concepts that start from nothing, that you don't have any kind of, you're completely free. The more you are free, the more you are desperate because you don't know where to start. The only, so, thing, that, the only thing that should always be on a character are pouches. That I <laughs> Whether they're triangle <laughs> or... Yeah, yeah. Because tra- I was thinking about this thing the other day. Like, pouches are... I, I don't know. I need to put pouches on, on, on characters because I think that the, there is, like, the mystery of a pouch is <laughs> awesome. Like, you don't know what's in the pouches. <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know that something <laughs> may be in the pouches. <laughs> and we... Who knows what's, what's going to happen? It's like Batman's utility belt. You never know right. what he's exactly. going to take out yeah. of there. It's that, also yeah. good for the story because then you can just put something in the pouch that needs exactly. to be in the pouch. So if, if they're you know, whipping out uh, uh, some kind of gun or something, you know where they had the gun you know, in. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's weird. But I, I, I the other day I was just thinking about my fasc- fascination about pouches, pouches, and I was like, why? Why do I like? Why do I need this amount of pouches on, on the this, characters? This is fantastic. I love this. Conversation I love right your stamp. So we need I to mean, start a new podcast called the Pouch Cast. That's what we need to do. Have Lorenzo on yeah, every time. Yeah, Lorenzo. 
you are there. So you, you just recently had an AMA. Um, it was on the 21st, which everybody go there. Lots of great questions. You can tell that you have this crazy sense of humor and it, I don't know if it comes across like in your art or if it was like, there's a lot of levity in the beginning of this issue and even yeah. throughout the entire thing and avoid rivals. I think, uh, avoid rivals. Yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with like the art because in oblivion song, there's not a lot of comedy or like gags, you know what I mean? And there's a really, excuse my language, fucking hilarious gag in the beginning of this issue. What do you, like, what's your process for making something look funny and working? Like, <laughs> I, I, like, was the script like this happens and you're like, oh, I have an idea. You, 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 I mean, you're referring to the handroid dragging him, right? The handroid dragging him and then hitting the fucking it's med pack so and it's shooting and the handroid's like, oh, my God. And like dragging him further. I was dying. I was dying. <laughs> so uh, first thing, uh, when I when I read even just, you know, Robert had me at and Android, like that thing, like yeah. the first thing that I wrote back to Robert uh, as I as I read the issue was like, man, like Android, really, like <laughs> you really want to, you know, to make me work. So Did you uh, ask if the Android has had pouches? Were you like, I love this no. character, <laughs> he needs pouches. <laughs> that that was the the idea in, in there. No, but um, it was weird at the beginning because I was Robert didn't tell me about the, this kind of levity in the comics. So I was coming from Chroma and coming from Oblivion Song with funny, like sometimes something is kind of funny or, or you know, or uh, soft, but there is no kind of humor in those. Uh, mm -hmm. Coming from them, I wasn't uh, used to things like that, like with humor. So when I read the, the first pages and the first time, I was like, well, maybe I'm not getting something. This I was looking for drama or you know some kind of heavy thing. And I was like, no, wait, this is this is just funny. This is just plain funny. And so <laughs> yeah. I understood that I kind of switched my my mood, my the mode. And I was more like I tried to adjust a little bit of the, uh, you know, the uh, directing on the on the on the on the on the panels in a more comedic way. So uh, you you don't know it because I didn't publish anything of my previous work in, in the U.S. But my most like my main things, uh, my main thing uh, is is comic. You more like mm -hmm. I love doing those. I, you, if you go on my Instagram, sometimes I, I post some of those. Uh, not not very often, but I used to do a lot of those, and I published a, a bunch of books of cartoons with like strips and things like that. So th that's really my capacity. Like most part, uh, part of my upbringing, uh, professional upbringing. Uh, was trying to combine a, a serious and realistic kind of comics with uh, a humor vibe or a humor style. Uh, but then, I mean, it's, it's very difficult to be funny, actually. It's more difficult to be funny than to be, you know, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. tragic or dramatic. 
And so I kind of dropped the ball for now. Like I was like, okay, let's move to, you know, uh, let's do Chroma first and then maybe we will move to something a little bit more, you know, uh, happy. Uh, but yeah, reading those and, and reading the dialogues between Tarek and Solaila also in the, in the latest issues that I'm working on right now, it really is like a, a breath fresh air because, uh, you know, sometimes you feel you, you kind of can use some of that well written funny dialogue sometimes because you feel like, oh, you feel, first you feel intelligent yourself because you understood <laughs> Everything is oh yeah yeah that I'm I'm very funny when you read I, <laughs> I mean that that happens like when you read something yeah. funny you feel that you are funny which yeah. is awesome which which means you are funny because if you read like I I, I have a lot of my my kind of funny stuff is not understood by everybody which means yeah. doesn't mean that I do very you know intelligent stuff but that. It's just not their vibe, and sometimes on board with some of those uh, kind of humor. Um, so when then something being funny, you feel very rewarded and you know validated in a way. And seeing those things is very is very cool. And and, and yeah. drawing and drawing those things without the need to be very you know. Because sometimes when I draw something that is very dramatic, I almost feel the need to be almost respectful to the subject, you know, in a way. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's right, but I mean, I don't want to have any weird expression on the characters or weird motion or, you know, nothing should be out of place in any way. So I feel more like, okay, I need to relax and, and do this the right way when when something is funny i feel more energetic and more like natural in the in the way maybe because i have this background of funny stuff yeah. and so i feel more uh, you know relaxed in a way now i know it's uh, i'm not asking for any specifics here but i know a big thing when um oblivion song was announced was that uh, you guys were able to have like a good bank of issues ready to go. Um, do you guys feel good about how, how far ahead you guys are? I mean, do you have a good head start on um, issues for Void Rivals? Can I can I just answer with a with a with a harmless <laughs> smile? <laughs> yes, that's good. Yes, that's good. I don't want like it's trust me it's hard it, it's easy to ask you know oh like uh, tie-ins and how many issues and like what is it like with dealing with more transformers but like like you said earlier I want the surprise we don't get that too often so I don't want to know any of those things yet I'm very excited about this world as uh, as we talked about on our uh, discussion about the first issue a lot of us are similar to you or we didn't grow up really with transformers as a fandom like it's not um something that we really know super well and so like discovering these characters and we're really excited about the idea of a new universe and being reintroduced to these characters Would from kirkman, robert kirkman's point of view you know yeah. i mean from exactly like someone who's a huge fan and getting to take out of it uh, out of his toy box and play with his toys uh is really exciting I, I to, to, to i have to say that uh I'm drawing some weird characters from uh, from the Transformers universe, and I'm, I'm realizing that there are some 
ugly ass designs for those fucking characters. <laughs> Some of them, it, I don't know, I don't know what, what came to their mind while I was drawing them. It's just unexplainable. Like <laughs> so freaking ugly. But, the 80s, you know, bro. The they 80s. were like, we have to yeah, make sure the I mean, toy can fold this way, so we have yes, to design it like this. Has to do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. That's actually the toys. That, that's actually my conclusion. And hey, yeah. I mean, I after, was literally after I was, I was at a store this morning and I saw a toy, um, uh, Optimus Prime, and his chest was so far out and it looked awful. But I know that that's because <laughs> they had to store a lot of <laughs> stuff in there. Yeah. Yeah. Awful. No, but like I mean, the Transformers themselves are. I, I think they're very cool. Like they're very cool looking, very sleek, and it's incredibly cool that they transform so that even that as a concept is genius and when i was younger uh it's just that here in italy i think that the time where they were on the tv it was i was slightly either too young or too old to i think i was too too young to 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 be you know Mm -hmm. into that kind of of things i was more ninja turtles and and things like Mm -hmm. that more game but i'm not talking about the transformers themselves but the the you know the the framing characters the other people that 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 um, it is in this universe that it's just unexplainable i don't know how <laughs> how they came up with those but at the same time it's, it's also a challenge because you need to you know to um, make them look cool and yeah. and act cool and and move in a cool way so that is also very challenging and and cool yeah so just to kind of basically i know you can't give out give out any spoilers so without giving any spoilers what can fans of void rivals look forward to in the future of void rivals they can look forward to a bunch of locations, a bunch of characters, uh, uh, ever-changing story, like things will really move very fast. I mean, cool. it's uh, the, 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 in the last, the last issue that Robert mm, gave me, uh, my, my, an- my answer was, what a rump, because it's really like, <laughs> it's like an, a, a, a a nice and Saturday morning adventures. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's never boring and it's never uh, it's never stopping too much. I mean sometimes it takes its time to explain stuff, but I yeah. mean it's always moving and it's very cool because of that. Awesome, cannot wait. Um, bef- the last thing I want I had was now that you've come and done this, you've got Void Rivals, you had that experience with Chroma. Do you see yourself ever wanting to revisit something like Chroma again, where you write, draw, you know, do it all yourself again? Or is that like, yeah, that was that was enough? <laughs> no, actually, I definitely want to do that again because uh, it's a, it's a nice feeling. Mm, it's um, it's very rewarding in a way, and yeah. even if it's so, it's very demanding too. Like. Uh, it's no, it's no easy thing to do such, such a, you know, so so much work. But yeah. at the same time, it's very rewarding because I I was never, you know, 
every every artist has sometimes the frustration that when the reviews for something comes out uh, come out, you don't have like you're even not mentioned sometimes. Like nobody cares about it's just like the things that the script writer had in its mind. They kind of came to the reader without any kind of medium in the, in the middle. Yeah, and so sometimes it's frustrating. So Chroma was, I, I mean, of course, I was always write, also writing it, but it was a way to to establish a, a real connection to a lot of readers with a lot of readers because mm -hmm. I felt like, okay, I'm directly talking to you for the first time, uh, and so things that were in my brain now yeah. i gave them to you and i'm feeling something back and it was mostly positive so i couldn't ask for more the only problem that people had with chroma was that it was too short so i mean i feel <laughs> that's almost like that's a, a good problem yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, sure, for sure i didn't want to overstay my my, my welcome so. yeah but um I will definitely do do um, something more, uh, and I'm I'm already uh, working on something. I'm already Boy. writing something, but um, at the same time, I also feel that I don't know if I will ever switch to like complete uh, author yeah. by myself all the time because I love the. The, the collaboration kind of connection yeah the collaboration with other with, the, with writers it's so it's so beautiful like i love that yeah. that two people can you know two or three something. or four people sometimes can you know uh, uh, put something out there that it's not uh, the fruit of their own singular imagination but it's just like a weird thing random thing that comes out and it's nobody's baby in a way it's just yeah yeah you know well, everybody i will say that you know this goes without saying but i'm going to say it anyways that we are all very clearly massive fans of all your work that you've done um you know you you've you did our logo for the uh, oblivion song podcast you did our logo for chromacast um you've supported us and our podcast and uh um you know, we're going to continue no matter what you're doing in the future. We're going to, we're going to, obviously we cannot wait to see what you do in the future and whether you're writing or you're illustrating or no matter what you're doing, we're going to be there uh, every step of the way. And uh, we appreciate you coming on, um, you know, the second time here and kind of making time for us to, to go over uh, all your past work and your future work. And uh, we can't, we can't wait to, to see what, what comes out of Void Rivals. Oh yeah. Thank you. If I, if I can add one last thing. Uh, yeah. Well, like or almost 20 years ago, when I was not, I mean, 15 years ago, let's say, when I was starting to do this professionally, uh, I, I did uh, like a cartoon because, again, I'm, I'm very funny. So um, I did this cartoon <laughs> and, and it was like uh, two, two stages or two visions of, of a comic artist. So it's the inner vision whenever whatever happens inside of a comic artist's mind when, when he draws. And we imagine that the reader will notice every single detail in our, uh, in our panels. So we are looking for the right kind of perspective and the, the windows in the background should be, uh, should be, you know, right. And, this, oh, and then mm -hmm. some of them, they will have 
the blinds completely down, some of them in the middle. So like the most minute and useless details, just because we fear that somebody will notice our laziness or our mistakes and say, yeah. And then that down in the, in the cartoon, there is the real kind of, you know, uh, the real writer. And the, I mean, the real reader that is there with, with the comic on, on, the, on the toilet and it's just, Reading it like yeah, like, like this, because yeah. there is this this distinction, you know. But we are always destined to be in our head uh, the ones that care about the money details and the readers, which is sometimes ourselves. The readers will read the comic. We will not be there watching everything and noticing everything. But you guys with this podcast are kind of you know, making my cartoon wrong because you actually are the ones that notice everything. So in a way, <laughs> you are, a, a, you know, a source of anxiety for me, but it's the best <laughs> source of anxiety ever because you push me to, you know, to be mindful about a lot of stuff. And I think that if there was a podcast like yours for every comic out there, like every writer and, and artist would be pushed to be better because he knows that somebody out there will, you know, care and notice about the, their things and they will, uh, you know, give their love back in a way. Wow. And yeah. so, I mean, yeah, that, that is was... by far the best compliment I think we've ever gotten. So <laughs> thank you. Oh, thank you. Like that's, that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, well, so, um, before we go, Lorenzo, do you want to give us your Twitter, Instagram, have have people let them know where they can see your stuff or? I mean, right now I'm very, very, very famous. So you just Google my name and <laughs> everything will come up. There is no other Lorenzo. He's very funny. He's very famous. Yeah, yep. that's right. <laughs> well, so this has been. Two will be out soon. Yeah, this has been an absolute blast. Thank you again, Lorenzo, for for coming on and uh, and laughing with us and 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 digging into to all your work. Again, we cannot wait for for the future of of everything that you do. So, thank you, guys. All right, thank Thanks. you again. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.